Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday, December 7th, and welcome to episode 148 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. It is a snowy afternoon today, and I'm Jesse Burrell, joined by Riley McConnell. And today on our show, we have so much to get to, Riley. The winter meetings came, the winter meetings left, and yes, Shohei Otani is not a Blue Jay right now. However, he is also not a Dodger, so we've got a lot of buzz coming out, a lot of fallout coming from the winter meetings. We're going to touch on all that, plus Juan Soto went to the Yankees. We'll see what the Blue Jays' fallout is on that, and we have so, so much more coming up in the episode. But first, Riley, how are you feeling on this fine winter day? Jesse, I personally am doing fantastic today. Love to hear that. I'm not letting the highs get too high. I'm not letting the lows get too low with, you know, this. there's a lot of buzz going around. Not a lot of triggers have actually been pulled from the Blue Jays' side. We're in high hopes. Um, Jesse, it actually was a pretty busy week for baseball, and we have not had it anything was, yeah. happen since, you know, we got to witness baseball. Um, Jesse, let's let's not, you know, let's skip the pleasantries and, and just get right into it <laughs> because we're both – I like – I'm trying not to lose my mind about it. You're big on this. Jesse, where the mm-hmm. hell is Shohei Otani going to go? Is it with our Toronto Blue Jays or is it the LA Dodgers? We hope, man. This is this is the thing, Jesse, is I like I am less invested than most people because I don't want to be heartbroken. We right. just watched our ball team not win a playoff game two seasons straight in the new wildcard series and whatever. Kind of the same team, kind of different outfield. In year two, whatever you want to call it, same kind of core players, so very good young core. We had some good pitching this year. Shohei, of course, is not pitching next year due to injury. Like, he seems like a pretty good fit on all accounts to play on this ball club, and it's not a rental piece, Jesse. We're talking biggest deal in pro sports history, perhaps. Shohei Otani is, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, the best athlete in their sport. Um and I mean, he's he's going to get paid. He's going to get his term. He's going to be an everyday player, uh, whether he's he's at DH or or whatever. But like, man, it is so tough for me to imagine a world where he chooses Toronto over the mm. Los Angeles market. I know we talked about this before the show. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I personally trying to wrap my head around it and and try to decipher. Like, I want him to come to Toronto. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not as optimistic as most people are, Jesse. Hey, I yeah, boom, me, bah humbug, you know, Christmas spirit and and all that, like bah humbug to me. Hey, I want it more than anybody, you know, or as much as anybody, but I'm just not letting the highs get too high because it'll let the lows get too low and I'll be, I'll be ticked off and upset, you know, and you know, we'll talk about Soto. He's not on the market market anymore. We'll talk about him later in the episode, but Jesse, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to imagine a world where Shohei Otani is a blue Jay. And you know what? Just, just, if that's the case, just give him his ring now. Um, Mm. You know, he's that impactful of a player, but man, it's, it's tough not to get sucked into it and, and let the emotions just run wild because he is the best player available. He's the best player in our sport. And among the four pro four pro major uh, North American sports, he's probably at the top of the chart. So, Jesse, I'm just trying to imagine a world where Shohei Otani is to come to the Toronto Blue Jays ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
I am going to make my case for Shohei Otani to join Toronto later in this episode, so stay tuned for that. And I think I might be able to convince you, Riley, of just why he should choose Toronto over the LA Dodgers. But look, the Dodgers were always the favorite. They're still currently the favorite. I, no one should be surprised if Shohei Otani does pick the Dodgers. But we are a Blue Jays show. We are a Blue Jays podcast. Shohei Otani is the talk of the team, the talk of the sport, the talk of athletics in North America and in Japan right now. It is clearly the biggest story. And look, the fact that the Blue Jays, by most accounts, are top two right now, we're either the runner-up or the first one there, is wild. And if you've been following the Buds and Blue Jays account on Twitter or following baseball sports media in general on Twitter, we've been talking along throughout the winter meetings. In fact, there is a report from Ken Rosenthal that the Blue Jays did indeed meet with Shohei Otani. He did fly to the Florida Complex team to check out the um, the state-of-the-art pitching academy they have there and all the, all the things they have there. It has been confirmed that Shohei Otani did visit with the team. And he said, quote, I have a good feeling about Toronto. Whatever that means, there are more rumors, there are more quotes than you can shake a stick at. But there are, all this stuff has gone on. What it feels like to me where we stand right now, Riley, is that Shohei Otani is on The Bachelor, and we are just hoping he chooses to give us the rose here instead of the guys in LA. So that's kind of where we stand with something probably happening within the next few days or so. What a what a pansy reference to use with the rose, yeah. the bachelor. You you can stick to them. I I prefer Survivor. Um, Never seen the Bachelor or, for what it's well, worth, but uh, fair I know enough. Give out fair enough. I I do not think I have uh, either. Listen, Jesse. There's pros and cons where, wherever you look at. It's not like he's going to spin a wheel and let him decide, but it does feel like a reality TV show at this point. And like, depending on who you follow on Twitter, who you believe, because there's some, you know, are the the diverse as diverse as the baseball community is on social media. You're like, it's hard to get a read. You know, you basically have to choose who you think is the most reliable source and kind of go off that. If you don't. You're going to be reading a whole bunch of garbage and it's going to get your brain all in a tizzy. But uh, I I personally would love to have Shohei here. His fit is immaculate and perfect for this team. Um, again, it's more what I think, you know, being a Blue Jays fan and, know, and having our track record, um, it just, it feels like a too good to be true type scenario, Jesse. Hmm. I think... I think the karma, like, I think we should have good karma. I, I believe that as a fan base and as an organization, I feel like we should have good karma that should lead Shohei to signing with us. But, Jesse, it's it's a business uh, more than it is a sport nowadays with the owners and everything like that, and that's what sucks about it. Um, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, money and, and other things. I hope show I, you know, I hope Shohei sees a lot in the city of Toronto and the team of the Toronto Blue Jays and does decide to decide to sign with us because not only would it be the biggest deal the Blue Jays have ever made, I'm assuming it's going to be the biggest deal in MLB base MLB history up to this point. Probably all four sports, probably bigger than any hockey, basketball or football deal as well, I'd say. Well, for sure, hockey, football quarterbacks <laughs> paid a lot of money, but Shohei is the quarterback, is the wide receiver, is the defense. He is a complete package ball player. You can make the argument, too, that all the money you'd put in to give Shohei Otani, he's going to make back for you in terms of endorsements. Like, if we sign Shohei Otani, Rodgers could sell a media package to Japan to get all their games up there. Like, I, you can just imagine how much Otani jerseys and merch and fanfare he's going to receive. Like, I bet this is almost comes out as a positive business decision for the Rodgers to do so. In fact, speaking of business, if we're going to get on the business side of this, 
it was just announced literally this afternoon that um, Rogers is ending their 12 year run as like being the sponsor of the NHL and having all the NHL games. So that frees up a ton of money for Rogers and for Sportsnet. And I'm not putting two and two together here, but if you need $600 million to throw at Shohei Otani, well, all of a sudden, that has now come available for the Blue Jays. So just keep that in mind as we get further in the process here. That does seem to line up really well, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And I hope that but- is the intention. I hope that Rogers, I, I, you know, I get it. They're a big corporation and everything like that. Um, you know, if they were, if they decided to go all in for baseball, they could. I just don't believe that they they will. Like with a ton and ton of players, Shohei is. It's still it's still a possible. It's still a feasible thing. It's in, it's somewhere in the budget. If they wanted to, they will make it happen if they want. And we've already mm-hmm. been in talks, Jesse. It's just, it's kind of up to Otani at this point on uh, which direction he wants to go, whether that stays out west or comes up north of the border uh, to Toronto. All right, we will see, Riley. Two questions for you. First one, give me us on a scale of one to 10 what your confidence level is that Shohei Otani will be a Blue Jay. And give me a date prediction on when he signs, whether it's with us, the Dodgers, or some other team. Jeez, well, that's a, that's a tough one. You're putting me on the spot with that. I think mm-hmm. I said two out of 10 last time uh, yep. for how confident I was. I'm going to bump that up because there is, it seems like a two horse race at this point. I will say four out of 10. Um, still giving the Dodgers the edge though. eh? I still, it's until anything happens. And yes, that's the pessimist in me. Um, and I, I believe that we will probably get a decision, um, on Sunday is what I'm thinking. I can't do the math correctly. Sunday. So the 11th, the December 11th, Sunday, December 11th, um, at, at 4, 11 PM Eastern time, uh, Shohei Otani signs with, the Los Angeles Dodgers or mm. the Toronto Blue Jays. Hey, yes, man, like, 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 <laughs> what am I supposed to say? I get that we're a Blue Jays podcast. I love the Blue Jays. Like, I, like, I, it's the only team I would cheer for. And if, if you combined all the North American professional sports teams against the one Toronto Blue Jays, I love the Blue Jays more than every other team in, in pro sports combined. Like, it's the only way to go. I love watching hockey. I don't have a really a favorite team anymore. Could care less about football and basketball, truthfully. Like, it's the Toronto Blue Jays. I just am just maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture. I would love it more than anything. Like, we're mm-hmm. so much better if we had Shohei Otani. I just don't know if it will happen. I'm t- I can't trust anybody at this point, Jesse. And it's, <laughs> That's it's, true. That is true. Tough. It's tough to be a Blue Jays fan right now. It'll get a lot better if he signs with us. I believe that we have good karma. So I'll say my prayers before I go to bed tonight, and we'll see what happens at, what I say, 4.11 p.m. Sunday afternoon. All right. I just want to make my one case here on Shohei Otani and why I think the Blue Jays could actually make a selling point for it here. I'll run through this quickly, but the first thing is, look, I'm trying to think about what does Shohei Otani himself actually care about? And the it, like all reports you get from Shohei Otani is that he admires his health. He takes his being able to perform at his physically the best. Um, that is number one priority for Shohei Otani. So I think the Blue Jays, when they took him to their complex in Florida, and they can see all the rest, the recovery, the the doctors they can get, the protein he can get, the food he can get, um, the way they can really care about his body, I think Shohei Otani really speaks to that. And I think the Blue Jays built this massive facility in order to prove some stuff like that. So I think Shohei Otani saw that, and it, it could have... Um, 
sparked his interest a little bit, if you will, and see like, oh, wow, these Blue Jays are actually very serious about making me be the best person I can be. And look, on going on top of that too, like we've known his full free agency case has been mirrored in privacy. And we've also talked about like, look, if there was a leak spread out that Shohei Otani and his agents might hold up, hold that against the team. Well, if you value privacy, I don't think you're going to... Okay, look, Shohei Otani is like world famous. He's going to get press wherever he goes, right? But I think it's more likely that he's going to live a private reserve lifestyle in Toronto than he will if he's downtown Los Angeles in Hollywood, for example. And look, on the city of Toronto, one of the most multicultural cities in the world, I think I saw a stat that over 53% of people born in Toronto or that live in Toronto were born outside of Canada. And look, and one more case, two more cases, I suppose. If it's about building a legacy, the Dodgers are already such a rich franchise. They have like your Clayton Kershaw's, your Sandy Koufax, your um, whole bunch of people when you go back to the list of the Dodgers. And yes, the Blue Jays have won two World Series. We have the Joe Cardos, Roberto Alomar's, Roy Halladay's, Jose Bautista's and all that. But we don't have like that absolute legend. And Shohei Otani could be that guy. And look, last point. If Shohei Otani wants to win, you can make an argument right now that the Blue Jays probably have a better rotation than the Dodgers do. You can make the argument that the Blue Jays' bullpen is better than the Dodgers. And yes, they might have a better offense right now, but our core of players, our Bo Bichette, our, um, our Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and stuff, are significantly younger than your Mookie Betts, your Freddie Freeman, your Max Muncie. So you can make that argument with Shohei Otani. So I just wanted to put that out there. And that's what I'm spitting his direction to see if we can uh, get Otani on board. Well, I hope that Shohei himself is a subscriber of Buds and Blue Jays. Those are all very Me too. excellent. Hey, Jesse, yes. I'm on board <laughs> with you. I, I don't disagree with, with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. But you don't think that Shohei's going to want to go to South Cal Beach and do some yoga in the sand on a mat? Like, that's just, I don't you know. do that at the harbor in Toronto. Like, he's fine. Sure, yeah. I'm Jesse, I, I'm not just not letting my hopes get too high. I would really love to see him. As a Toronto Blue Jay, it would make us so much better. And yes, he would be able to carve out an insane legacy with us. Well, um, the pressure for getting Shohei, Shohei Otani on this team is because um, one of the Blue Jays' top uh, targets, I suppose, is now officially off the board as uh, the New York Yankees, our rivals, have made a big trade last night. They have sent um, Juan Soto and Trent Grisham, have gone to New York, and the Padres will receive pitchers Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and catcher Kyle Higashioka in return. This news broke late last night. A lot of us thought that... um, the Padres were going to wait until Shohei Otani signs to try to ship Juan Soto to whoever loses out on that sweepstakes. But it turns out the Yankees gave him an offer they couldn't refuse. And um, I don't know what I'll get let you go first here, Riley. What are your first thoughts after seeing Juan Soto no longer a Blue Jay? In fact, he went to New York instead. Um, give me your thoughts on that trade that happened there. This is worst case scenario. I believe it really is, worst. isn't it? It is worst case scenario. Because not only is he going to be there next year, I can see an extension in Juan Soto's future. I can New York really has the money to do it. New York has the money to do it, and I believe that they will. You're talking about, you know, a player that fits into a ballpark, too. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of places to de- patrol defensively, it being a smaller kind of outfield and field. Uh, Juan Soto, not a great defensive outfielder. But then you look at the other side of the ball, the more impactful place is like he has a chance to do some damage offensively and i mean has a chance to do something like a 40 home run season and 100 walks driving a ton of runs like the, the yankees got a lot better by making this trade the yankees 
I will always say that the AL East will be the most competitive division in baseball. Look mm-hmm. at what the Baltimore Orioles did last year. Look at what yep. Tampa did early in the year mm-hmm. and still made the postseason after kind of really losing a lot of key guys as the season went on. They still trekked on and made it into the postseason. Um, and then there's us. You know, Boston might be in worse shape, but the Yankees, you put them in the list with with the three teams I just named, um, us and Tampa and the Orioles. I mean, it's going to be another dogfight no matter what next year. It's it's It always is. The Yankees made themselves a lot better. We're going to see the Yankees a lot, and, and, and Juan Soto is a player that can really do some damage. Is he going to be the new J-killer? I mean, we don't know. I certainly hope not. Hopefully, we'll be able to neutralize him. Um, and again, that's why he will probably get walked so much. I believe that he's going to use the short right field to, to his advantage to some extent. I know he's a good all-fields hitter, Jesse, but I mean, he can get a hold of a baseball and a couple tweaks to his swing. And we're looking at MVP-type numbers with Juan Soto. Look, the Yankees just got a Hall of Fame caliber player, right? And he's probably going to be there for a long time. Um, I hope, I really do hope, that it is just a one-year thing. Maybe his season goes miserable. Maybe he hates New York. I don't know. And I really do hope he leaves in free agency. I will say, Riley, I am happy to see Michael King go. If you remember down the stretch last year, I think he had a 13 strikeout start against us late in the year. Um, I think he battled with Kevin Gosman, actually. And um, I think the Jays might have won that game one nothing. I don't remember, but I remember it was a big battle. They played him again in Toronto. He pitched well then, too. He was really good down the last uh, eight starts for the Yankees, so I'm glad to see him gone. The Yankees are trading away all their pitching prospects, right? And um, so there is a chance he leaves after one, and then this does look very well for the Toronto Blue Jays. But look, um, Fangraphs right now has their projected best teams as things stand currently today on Thursday, December the 7th on where these best teams are. They have the Rays as the third best team in baseball, the Yankees fourth, the Blue Jays fifth. So all three of us are right there. The Orioles as 10th and even the Red Sox at 15th. So they think the whole AL East division is going to be in the top half of baseball. It is going to be a dogfight, and we'll get into season preview stuff as we get closer to the start of the season. But like, This AL East is not going to be a break again this year, and that's why I think it makes it so much more important that the Blue Jays don't miss on a guy like Shohei Otani. Like, if we get through the offseason and our main pieces were Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler and maybe Reese Hoskins, like, yeah, that'll be good. That'll make the team better. But this AL East is going to be so good, we almost need to maximize our upside. And uh, I think that just makes it more – it must needed more now that the Yankees have acquired Juan Soto. They, they are, those three players are very good addition type players. And if I could have one player or three players and then find other, you know, sort of lesser players to fill in the roster, like Shohei is the available option to put us ahead of the division. He's the only available option. I mean, it would be if, if Reese Hoskins and Jock Peterson are hitting, you know, fourth and fifth in your lineup and they still put up pretty good numbers, like that's, that's fine and dandy. Um, But I still think that the impact Shohei will have. And we're talking about, we talk about this two-year window, Jesse. Um, Our window does, in fact, get bigger when you have Shohei Otani on your ball club. Yes, it does. Yep. Um, And I mean, yeah, the likelihood of making the postseason, let's say in 2027, maybe, or 2028, maybe that doesn't look as broad right now, but transactions happen all the time. I mean, don't count us out in in the longevity of things. Um, Moves can be made. Players can develop. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, a blue chip guy turns out and that's great. And then you have the Davis Schneiders 
you know, come through for you 20, 20 plus rounds in deep into the draft and you get a, a good player like that. Um, it just sucks. Juan Soto was a guy I was, you know, really, really kind of counting on. I think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, the Yankees put a deal. If you want to say that it's a deal that you can't refuse, I, I personally think, you know, it was fairly even. Uh, Juan mm-hmm. Soto is a generational type talent. And at the end of the day, that's what the Yankees got. The Padres acquired him as well, of course, from the Nationals. Like a player like that doesn't get dealt too often. This guy has been traded twice now in his MLB career, and I think that's crazy um, because yeah, I feel like twenty-five too. I feel like if you get a player like this, you have to hold on to him. And he's not even—he's not even a free agent, which is the crazy thing. Like he is—he is in like next year he hits the market, like whatever. But he's been dealt twice now before he hits free agency, and it's Juan Soto. I think that's mm-hmm. bonkers. Uh, no matter who you gave away, like you know, depending on like, if you're not giving away the top prospects and all your like good starters already, like the Yankees won this trade because they got Juan Soto at the end of the day, they made their MLB ball club a hell of a lot better. Yep. It'll be interesting. I still think the Yankees are Aaron judge, Garrett Cole, Juan Soto, and a bunch of scraps. So we will see uh, how it goes from there and it'll be good to battle with them going into next season. Riley, we do have a bunch of other blue Jays rumors. These things are minor. These things might not come out of anything, but I'm going to read them off to you and just real quick, give me just a quick take. Or if you have interest in doing this, or you think this is garbage, the blue Jays should not do this or even like, how are you feeling about this or anything like that? Got it. Yep. First one, the Toronto Blue Jays have received interest in their young rookie phenom, Davis Schneider. I guess, uh, how interested are you would be in moving Davis Schneider if it helped get the team better? I mean, if it makes the team better, his trade value might be as high as it's ever going to be. We don't know that for certain. But, I mean, if the deal is right, um, certainly. Uh, But we're talking about a guy, if if it's a player that's older than Davis Schneider and has a bigger contract, it's got to be a big ball club type guy. And I know that, you know, David Schneider's playing well above his pedigree and his, maybe he's playing above his ceiling and he's not necessarily going to, you know, regress, but I mean, this could be as good as we ever see David Schneider, or he could play a hot start to the year and we could see an all-star in 2024 for David Schneider. Mm-hmm. That is, that is certainly not out of the question right now. We don't know what we're going to get with David Schneider and a lot of other teams, some teams might not even be batting an eye at him. And other teams could be salivating over a guy like that. So if the deal is right, Jesse, I'm all for it. We have a lot of guys who can play second base, if you haven't noticed. Um, but the price has got to be right. The, the price has got to be right. We're going to have to fleece a team for this one. Yeah, I agree. I would like to keep Davis Schneider. Um, I want to remind you, listening at home, no player had more pitches outside of the strike zone called strikes against them than Davis Schneider did last year. That simply will not happen again next year. And that'll probably cut down the strikeouts. And we know the power is real for Davis Schneider. I want to see him still be here in Blue Jays blue. Next point, Alec Manoa's name has been mentioned in trade rumors. We knew the Padres were interested in Alec Manoa if we were going to trade for Juan Soto. But it does sound like Ross Atkins has kept saying constantly, Alec Manoa is part of our plans. And it does sound like he is going to be in our starting rotation going into camp next year. So how do you feel about that, Ryan? Um, I mean, hey, if I would, I personally would have thought he would have been dealt. If that's the case, then I really hope that he's up to snuff because we're going to need him. It's all hands on deck. Blue Jays are one of seven teams emerging as suitors, uh, suitors for Yamamoto, the big Japanese pitcher. Um, look, I, 
I could see us maybe doing it if we do strike out on Shohei Otani, but he's going to sign a massive deal for quite an unknown. How are your feelings about Yamamoto if he became a Blue Jay? I am very much um, in my head about, you know, wanting to get a good position player. And yes, he is a good young pitcher. Um, We are paying, uh, you know, Kevin Gosman still for a few years. Bassett as well. Kikuchi's got another year that will be like this year we're paying him. Um, I don't know if that's in the cards for us. Um, Certainly we could find a number five starter somewhere. Um, it's, I'm not, you can, I'm never going to say that there's going to be pitching over overkill. If you have, yeah, you can never have too much pitching, right? If you can fit five aces in your rotation and still win games on the offensive side of the ball, you're doing something right. And in fact, the, the Braves of the nineties did that, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Well, they Um, were good for a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many, it's, that's a trivial thing. If you comment down below, and tell me how many uh, uh, NL East divisions the Atlanta Braves won in a row. Um, it's a crazy number. Anyways, getting off topic, I don't know if it's in the cards for us, and especially if we do and uh, end up acquiring Shohei Otani. I really think it's very doubtful after that. Again, it's a kind of a one or the other thing. And there are six other suitors, Jesse. That's a tough one. Yeah, I say, let's get him. Let's sign Shohei Otani. Let's sign Shota Imagaga or whatever. And let's have just Japanese national team as our starting rotation. We'll be big in Japan, as the kids will say. Um, These next few, I'm going to lump all together here. Um, Some of them we've talked about on previous episodes, but the Blue Jays are showing interest in Michael A. Taylor, the good defensive player out of Minnesota. The Blue Jays and Mariners are showing interest in Isaac Paredes of Tampa, who Tampa has rumors they might be selling off some of their players. And then some guys we've mentioned before, Michael Brantley, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Jock Peterson. The Blue Jays still seem to have interest in all of those. So to those five names, Riley, I guess, why don't you rank them? Rank those five in order that you think you'd want to see them in Blue Jays. Paredes, Paredes is at the very top. I think that's I would a agree with that. yep. for our for, for what our needs are. Paredes, third baseman, good hitter. Uh, he's he's number one in my head too. Um, <clears throat> I really like Jock Peterson. I really yep. like. We talked Jock about Peterson. him last episode. Yep. Right. Uh, and as far as the other guys, uh, I guess Brantley is uh, is 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 kind of another good option as well. Of course, a lot, a lot less power than Jock, and I have short term memory loss, so I can't remember the, the, the uh, other two Isaiah players. Kiner, Falefa, and yeah. Michael A. Taylor. I yeah okay perfect. Um, I don't want either of those players really. I don't want Michael A. Taylor. I don't think we need another defensive whiz. And I I, I IKF is a very streaky type player. And I want a more consistent for sure thing um, in our lineup. I think I'm with you. I'd go Brady as one, Jock Peterson too. I think I'd want to go Michael A. Taylor just for the defensive guy off the bench can be a pinch runner, play good defense, especially if Kevin Kiermeyer does go out where, because God forbid something happens to Dalton Varshow. He has to miss like a month. You could put him in there and you won't miss the defense as much. Then I'd go Brantley just because... He's getting old. I don't know. I don't know where the power is going to be. He probably has to DH a lot. I know we want to put Springer in the DH spot sometime going forward. And then I would also put Isaiah kiner Falefa last. But there's been a lot of buzz about Isaiah kiner Falefa and the Blue Jays. So don't be surprised if that one actually does um, end up happening here. And Riley, since we're on the theme of ranking guys, I've got a group here of 
five different sets of free agents. And I'm just going to put you three names and they're all in the same kind of tier. And I want you to guess rank the three names in the tier that you would rather see become Toronto Blue Jays. Got it? I, I like this. Let's sh- shoot them at me, Jesse. I figured you would. So the first one I went with the best position players available so far. And um, there is kind of a tier drop off here, especially with Jaimer Candelario signing with the Reds last night. But these three names, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, Teoscar Hernandez. Rank those three in what order you'd like to see them. Oh, man. I mean, probably uh, we're going to go Teo first. Uh, Mm. That might be disputed. Then Chapman. And then I'm going to put Bellinger at number three. It's amazing. Um, Bellinger is probably the highest rated free agent of these three. But I am also terrified of Cody Bellinger. Jesse, we've talked about this. We have talked about this. The injuries, the best of Cody Bellinger is sadly far behind him because he was starting off his career in a, in a, one of the best fashions that you could. And I mean, I, I don't know how much I trust Chapman's bat and yes, Teo is aging and whatever else, but I, I just have a feeling that there's still some pop in that bat and it, that he might get lucky with, um with getting bad on ball this year. There's a, there's always a chance for power in this swing, Jesse. Yep. I don't want really want any of these three, but I guess I would rank them Chapman, Bellinger, Teo. But I really do. I really hope all three kind of run their way and go course elsewhere. Um, next three here, I went starting pitching Riley, and I tried to go with the top three starting pitchers on the board: um, Yamamoto, Blake Snell, and I guess the next best starting pitcher after Sonny Gray and um, Aaron Nola are off the list is Jordan Montgomery. So Yamamoto, Snell, Montgomery. Rank so we three. got. It's. I mean, it's got to be Snell. I mean, yes, Rating Yama- Cy Young Award, right? I mean, Yamamoto. Yes, it's. It's got to be the Cy Young, and then Yamamoto, and then. And then Jordan Montgomery would be would be third on on that list. That is that that list specifically is uh, you can argue one and two, I suppose. But I think Jordan Montgomery's the number three guy on that list. Yep, I'll go Yamamoto first, just because he is significantly younger, and I well, I don't know about injury risk because we've never seen him play in the big leagues. But Yamamoto, Snell, Montgomery, but I would agree Montgomery is third there with a bullet. Um, now to relief pitchers, Riley, and I went with some higher end relief pitchers names here because look, the Blue Jays are losing Jordan Hicks, so we probably could use another guy in the bullpen, even though our pen is pretty good. But you can never have too much pitching depth, right? So these three names: Josh Hader, Aroldis Chapman, or David Robertson. How would you rank these three? Hater number one in any any book. Robertson, even if he costs a draft pick, uh, I don't. I don't know, man. It really depends. Really depends. Uh, Sure, maybe, maybe for like if he might be the only relief pitcher that is worth a draft pick. Robertson two, a roll of Chapman three. I, I, I I, roll this Chapman again. Best years behind him, and Josh Hader is the best left-handed relief pitcher in all of baseball. And I, I certainly think he is worth a draft pick as a relief pitcher. He is one of the most effective guys out of the bullpen in all of Major League Baseball. And look, and I know Hader really only pitched in one inning stints for the Padres last year, but if you can get Josh Hader to be that guy that we saw in Milwaukee for years who can pitch you two innings in the playoffs and just shut stuff down, the Andrew Miller role we saw in 2016 against us, uh, that could be awesome. So I would go Hader, Robertson, and Chapman. I think Chapman's cooked, man. I think uh, whoever signed him is buyer beware. Um, next list of three here. These are kind of the reserved outfielders, and there would be some familiar names on this list, Riley. I'm going to go Kevin Kiermeyer, Tommy Pham, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. How would you rank the three of them? I'm going to go Lourdes number one and Pham number two um, on that list. I think I think Lourdes had a really good year. I don't know if he's able to replicate that. And Tommy Pham is a bit older, although he also had a really good season as well. 
So, I mean, it's a toss-up. Uh, power versus contact there because Lourdes does get good bat on ball. Um, and, hey, they wouldn't be they're, – they're going to – they're going to get paid and they're going to fit in on our, on a lot of teams, probably not our ball club. I, although out of those three names, I don't really see anyone coming to Toronto. I think there's better players available that we could find uh, it, to use. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe we can use like an Allen Roden or something, or maybe Addison Barger plays the outfield. Maybe we can find this spot on our roster from Buffalo and bring them up. So I'm not certain we sign either of these guys either. And this last group, Riley, this is like for a fourth, fifth, sixth starter type with a guy maybe you could put in the bullpen. Um, but some this is the area of starting pitcher I do think the Blue Jays are going to look at this free uh, this free agency period. And their names are here: Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas, and Seth Lugo. How would you rank these three? This is a list I could absolutely, absolutely get behind, Jesse. I think Seth Lugo, I'm going to go Seth Lugo number one on this yep. list. Shamanaya number two and Frankie Montes number three. Although, if the Blue Jays were to sign one of these arms, I think that would be a smart move. Um, of yeah. course. I think and, so too. And I will, take, I will take a Seth Lugo. I think Seth Lugo will get probably overpaid. I think he had a good year with the Padres, and and he this did, is a yep. guy. Who, this is a guy who went from from the bullpen to a starting pitcher, so new role there. Uh, and as far as a guy like Manaya goes, he's seemed to has regressed a little bit. Had the blue chip on him, hasn't lived up to the hype. And Mont and Montas is if he was if he had all his pitches working, he's kind of like in the Tyler Glass now territory of nasty with the velocity and break for Frankie Montes. He's he's if he is used properly and he has the right pitching coach in his career at some point and he avoids injury, like Frankie Montes has like the sky is the limit for for an arm like that. But Seth Lugo would almost be perfect in a lot of senses and I love that name and I'm taking him over 2x Oakland Athletics because Seth Lugo is a name that I followed this year. Um, even, you know, even in San Diego, cause he looked really good. Yeah. Seth Lugo is my favorite. Like I said, I am worried. Maybe he just gets priced out of the range a little too much. Um, could you imagine Frankie Montas with that splitter working with Kevin Gosman and Eric Swanson, like two, two Blue Jays who have some of the best splitters in the organization. Could you just imagine if we can get that weapon back, that could be a real piece, but, uh, he was bad with the Yankees last year. He was hurt. And even when he did pitch, he did not pitch well. So, um, we will see about that, but I do think this is definitely the range that the Blue Jays are going to target come next year. Yes, and if that and if you had any three of those guys come out of the bullpen as a long guy potentially or a fifth starter type thing, like that's pretty good in my opinion. That's pretty good, and you hope that if we do roll the die and sign one of those three names, you hope you know that a guy like Frankie Montes bounces back. Um, but Seth Lugo, great! Now, now you got me thinking. That's mm -hmm, really. Mm -hmm. That's a really good sleeper name for the Blue Jays to go after. And that might, that might be, you know, he's not, he's not as young as, as either two of those guys in Manaya and, um, and Montes, but he, he is improving in, in a new role. And he's, I think he might get overpaid, but just milk the baseball out of him for what it's worth. And I, I think he'll be another good toolsy pitcher. All right, Riley, we're going to move on to something else here now, and uh, we're going to get a little wild here in the second half of the episode. We're going to get speculative. We're just going to we're going to have some fun, I think, here. And I'm going to share with you, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. But what this is, this is a picture 
of um, Ross Atkins that was taken at the winter meetings out in Nashville. And he is clearly just standing there. He is talking on the phone. Now, we have no idea who he was talking with, what he was talking to. But I think we can have some fun here, Riley. Uh, let's try to imagine, get our thinking caps on. Who is Ross Atkins talking to in this photo right now? It's like, let me, I think we uh, lost you a bit there. Oh, there no, you are. I'm, I'm right yeah. here. Oh, maybe because I put yeah. my cell phone on the face. No, I said, uh, hey, uh, is, this, is this Domino's? Yeah, I'll take an extra large pepperoni. <laughs> um, like, this could be a lot of things. This kind of looks like this is, you know what this is? I will, let's take away from the baseball side. I've seen this before. He's definitely okay. talk. He's definitely talking to his spouse, and they uh, are not, yes. They are not happy. That is the look with the back turned like that. He has been pacing back and forth, and it mm. sounds like yes, I know, dear. Yes, dear. All right, I'll make sure. Okay. Yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's someone. That is a man. The way his shoulders are positioned. Um, if it is baseball, the likelihood that he's actually talking to you know, Shohei Otani's agent or someone of like great significance is probably not very high. Um, I would agree. Yeah. You know, it could be a call to a family member for all we know. I hate speculating. Um, that map, that Delta map looks very confusing too. So he must be in one of the <laughs> courtyards up there. Very nice looking, like nice greenery, shrubbery. Uh, sure. You know, of course. Cast yeah. iron looking tables. Like, of course, you know, he's a, very successful band they put everybody in you know in this industry in the five-star five places um i would stay at um where would you stay riley all the bells and he's got all the bells and whistles around him yeah sorry cut out a little bit there but uh Probably because Ross is trying to get a hold of me and phone me. <laughs> That's uh, right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, it's 50-50 on whether he's even talking baseball-related stuff. I'm sure he is. Could be a personal call, though. Riley, it's obvious. I think it's obvious what Ross Atkins is doing here. He's trying to get on our show. I think it's what it is. He's trying to get a hold of our secretaries to see if uh, he can schedule an interview. Oh, our, our, yeah. our secretary. What is is that? Is our secretary Isaac's dog? <laughs> rough, rough. Talk <laughs> That's the uh, guy. Um Yes, very well could be. I think, look, he is probably just taking calls. He's a busy man, whether it's an agent, whether it's ownership, whether it's whatever. It could just be his wife. Maybe he's trying to get tickets to stand in line at the Johnny Cash Museum while he's down there in Nashville. Who knows what it could be? But uh, speculation is running wild this time of year, and it's doing the exact same thing with um, Ross Atkins there as well. So uh, let us know what you think down below. See what you think here. Riley, we haven't really gone into projections much for next year's season, but um, Steamer did come out with their home run projections for the Toronto Blue Jays next year. And I thought it would be kind of fun if right now I can just go over the names, tell you what Steamer thinks they're going to hit, and we can just really quickly go over the 10 names I have here and give a rough over or under for the players for next year. Um, yeah, you ready to get into it? I, again, another game that I would love to participate in, Jesse. Let's hear these numbers. All right. Well, the first one will start at the top. Steamer has uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting 36 home runs next year, Riley. The projections have always loved Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They loved him last year, too. And even though he still hit the ball hard, he did kind of underperform a little bit, hitting under the 36 home runs. In fact, the Blue Jays didn't have a 30 home run hitter at all last year. Um, 36 home runs for Vlad. Does he have it in him? I'm going to take the lower on this one. It's not going to be my by much. It's not going to be my by much, Jesse, but I'm going to take the lower. 
look, there's no doubt about it. He has 40, 50 home run upside. It's just, it's going to take a change in philosophy and approach. Um, he's going to have to try to pull the fly ball, hit it into the air to his pull side more. If he does that, then I think getting 36 is very reasonable, but I think I'm with you. I'm going to take the under of 36 as well, but I would bet he gets more than 30 this year. Yeah, it's uh, right around that mark. But I mean, still, I got to see a little more changes and hopefully he does prove us wrong. But uh, definitely some changes in, in his swing are necessary to to be that 40 home run hitter again or, you know, 36 even. The next player they have on our team um, currently is George Springer, who they have projected for 27 home runs next year. Look, George Springer went 20-20 last year, but he only had 21 home runs, and some of the stuff seems to be on a decline for George Springer. Do you think he's got 27 home runs in him? I, I do not. I do not think George Springer has 27 home runs in him. I do not think he has a 2020 season left in the tank. That in the stolen base department, although I do think he could hit in the low 20s for home runs. That number seems really high for me, almost. I'm it surprised does, that yeah. projection is there for George Springer. I'm going to take the lower, and I'm sure, again, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on our own ball club here, but I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks that he's not going to hit 27 home runs. Riley, George Springer hasn't hit 27 home runs since 2019 when he hit 39 for the Astros, and that's what, yeah, it's been a while. He had another year in Houston, all three years in Toronto. He has yet to hit that mark. I will take the under as well, and I'd probably lock that in, to be honest. Um, the next one, Riley, Bo Bichette. They have, he's never really been a super big power guy. He's more been an all-fields approach, but 25 home runs is the number for Bo Bichette. Where are we going on this guy? Give me the give me the higher on on Bobichet's home runs. I mean, it'll cut into his doubles a little bit, I think. But this guy's an extra base hit machine. Maybe this this is a year. Uh, I think 28, 29 home runs. He's I'm going the uh, above on twenty five for sure with both. Yeah, 20 last year, but remember, he did spend some times on the IL, only got into 135 games last year. If he plays 159, which he did the last two years, he went from 24 and 29. I do think this is right in the right range for Bobachet, and I'll take the over, too. Someone's going to have a big little power outbreak, and let's give it to him. Uh, next name on this list, Riley, Dalton Varsho, who the steamer projections are coming at, and they do think there's going to be a nice home run surge here. They've got the line at 25 as well for Dalton Varsho. I think a bounce back season is coming for Dalton Varsho. We know he does have the power in his game. What do you think we're going to get from Varsho? I'm going to do this. We're going to do this projection a year from now again. And I'm going to take the, the over on probably what he hits. I'm going to take this year going into 2024. I'm going to take the under on his home runs because I still think his average won't be high enough that he's going to get that many home runs. I think there's going to be correlation. His average goes up by... Uh, 10 points and the home runs go up by five. Uh, so I'm going to take the lower on it for Dalton Varsho's year two as a Toronto Blue Jay and say his bounce back year will actually be in year three and we still get elite defense out mm. of Dalton Varsho. 25 is a lot, but remember in a down year last year, he did hit 20 and he hit 27 in his last year in Arizona. I do think second year in the American League, he's seen a lot of these pitchers now. I do think there's something coming for Dalton Varsho. Um, I'm going to... Take the over, but I'm not going to take it with much confidence as 25 is a big number for Dalton Varsha to hit. It would be a nice number. for That would be what we kind of paid for the first year in the, the deal we made. Uh, let's. We're still trying to – there's still time to say that we didn't lose this trade because as of right now, Arizona clearly won this trade. Still time for Dalton Varsha to redeem himself. Yep. He's a young player. Book he's isn't closed. Be here for, he's, yeah, book is not closed on this on – this, uh, 
on this time with the Blue Jays, Jesse. All right, next one. Danny Jansen, our power hitting catcher, they have set at 22 home runs. We're big Danny Jansen fans on Buds and Blue Jays. Uh, I, I'm assuming I'm coming in at over on this one. What are you coming in at? I don't think it's over. Like, put Kirk on the bench. Let Danny Jansen play. Let Danny Jansen. God, let Danny Jansen yes. be a big league starting catcher. He's deserved it for so long, and he's had to platoon or play behind someone. It's crazy. He's the best backup catcher in all of baseball, and I think it's just like it's like no contest. Give Danny Jansen the at-bats. He's going to put balls in the seats. Uh, like mm-hmm. He plays on a bad club as a starting catcher. He's hitting cleanup or fifth in your lineup. Danny Jansen, yeah. give him the at-bats. He'll give you the powered numbers. 20, I'm over 22. I'm, I've done this spiel. This is probably the fourth time I've been really passionate. But Danny Jansen is such an underrated player, man. And Kirk, like, I'll say it again, drives me insane. Drives me insane. So, yes, Danny Jansen over. He's going to get more playing time, please. Give him an extension, too, while we're at it. Let's yes. lock him up. Let's have him here for a long time. Four um, year ex- at Danny. least a four-year extension. At least a four-year extension. I agree. I'm with it. Speaking of catchers, we'll we'll go down because we're on the topic. They have Alejandro Kirk down at 11 home runs, Riley. I think he only had six last year. So uh, Alejandro Kirk. Less, Jesse. Less than. Mm-hmm. And it's because D- Jansen's getting more. And Kirk doesn't have the power. Could get a lot of, like, his batting average could be pretty high. There's I'm the, yep. not disputing that. He has less extra base pop than, than Jansen for sure. He's going to. Like he could end up in a high single digit number and that's okay for his game because he's going to end up with a pretty good bat on ball and probably a good batting average to kind of coincide with that. But I'm going to say I'm going to take the under on 11 for sure. All right. And I'm going to put these next three together at the same time. So bear with me here. They have Davis Schneider at 14 home runs, Kevin Biggio at 11 home runs. And Orelvis Martinez has actually made this list. They have him at 10 home runs. So they are assuming he does come up. He plays big league times and hits at least double digit home runs. So those three, David Schneider, 14, Kevin Biggio, 11, Orelvis Martinez, 10. Where are you taking on these ones? I hate to include Martinez because he hasn't had any time. So I'll just say if he does get his major league time and plays an appropriate amount of games, that he, I'll take the over on Orelvis Martinez. But yeah, for the two the players real. that I... Yep. The two players that I can actually account and say for, I'm going to take the over for Davis Schneider and the under for Kevin Biggio. And I think it comes okay. down to playing time. And cause you got to give some, you got to give some playing time to Davis Schneider over Biggio right now as it stands. Yeah. And like, look, the Blue Jays roster is going to look different. At least we hope it'll look different come opening day than it does right now. But this is just a good idea to get you thinking about what the projections are for these Toronto Blue Jays and whether or not they can achieve them going into next year. Yeah. I mean, the power, there's so much untapped power in this ball club. I mean, we can't take the over on everybody. Of course, you would like to. That's ideal. If we could have eight guys in the lineup hit 25 home runs, that's perfect. But, I mean, we had one guy hit over 25 home runs last year. So, Jesse, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a spin cycle right now. Let's get some more power, and let's hope that our big guns perform. All right, Riley. Well, we're going to move on to some minor news and notes to get to the end of the episode here. And the first one, Riley, is that Cito Gaston was not elected into the Hall of Fame. He did receive four votes from the Electoral Committee. In fact, Jim Leland was the only one on that ballot to get into the Hall of Fame. I guess we'll have to wait another year for Cito. I know you and I both think he's very well deserving to get into the Hall of Fame. But let's hear it. What are your thoughts on Cito not getting in this time around? I don't like that. See, I think Cito deserves to be in, in the Hall of Fame. I think there's no... No disputing that. I I I don't want to I don't want to argue that. I am very biased 
towards, you know, certain players and certain baseball personnel. Jim Leland is my favorite manager of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've said that before, Jesse, you know that I would run through a brick wall for that man if I was one of his players. I'm super happy he got in. It sucks that it's not Cito Gaston's time. He is one of the most deserving candidates to go in to Cooperstown as, as a manager right now. Uh, I f- fully believe that he will get in, Jesse. I think it's now just kind of a matter of time. It's unfortunate it wasn't this year because he has a rightful spot in, uh, in Cooperstown. I think he'll get there too. Um, some other news and notes, Riley. Um, throw an award to Buck Martinez, who is the winner of the Jack Graney Award winner. It is given to the representative of the media who's made a significant contribution to baseball in Canada. Congratulations, Buck Martinez. In fact, we'll give you a little uh, round of applause here, Buck Martinez. So thank you. I also want to give a thumb, uh, a round of applause to Adam Simber, Riley, who has officially just signed a contract with the Los Angeles Angels. He is there for one year, $1.65 million, so cheaper than the um, arbitration number the Blue Jays would have had to pay him at. Look, over his three seasons here, he had a 3-2-2 ERA and a 1.14 whip. The Blue Jays do not make their gains without Adam Simber when we acquired him at the trade deadline in 2021. So thank you for your tenure, Adam Simber. Sure was fun watching these side armors pitch. Um, anything to say on Simber before we get to the other ones? Adios, right-handed Aaron Loop. Um, Good luck. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The Tip O'Neill Award was handed out this year. Remember, Jordan Romano won it last year. This year, it went to Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians Award that is given out to the best Canadian baseball player in the league. He beat out Jordan Romano, Edward Julian, Matt Brash, among others. Um, Congratulations to Josh Naylor, young guy who I'm excited to see play for Team Canada in future. World Baseball Classics. And then the Rule 5 draft came and went, Riley, and the Blue Jays did not select anyone to their Major League portion, and they did not have anyone from their minor league system selected to anyone else Major League system. So C.J. Van Eck, who pitched well in the Arizona Fall League, survived. He is still in the system. But the Blue Jays did do some moves on the minor league side. We've we've got outfielder Alexis Hernandez from the Boston Red Sox, who actually is a very good defender. He's kind of versatile. Um, He did have a couple home run robberies down in the minor leagues, which is always very fun to see. But he's 21 years old. He slashed 267, 380, 379. So more of an on-base, not so much of a power guy. Three home runs, 24 ribbies in 46 games last year. And he also stole 13 bases. So there's tools here. And look, if Buffalo needs another outfielder because the Blue Jays are taking those outfielders, this could be just a name to know in the Blue Jays system. There's ba- there's a lot of players um, you know, throughout major league organizations. And I like to fill those positions, the, you know, with a young guy rather than an older player, um, you know, so he's able to develop and things like that. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't need to take anyone on the, on the 40 man rule five draft. That was a no brainer. We kind of figured that. And as far as our minor league goes, yeah, beef it up with some young guys, a a speedy outfielder with good on base. Um, you know, that's, I like those tools, uh, probably, you know, it's, you know, runs more abundant than not, but at the same time too, organizational depth is very important. I agree. The Blue Jays did lose some names as well. Um, let's see if I can just find it on my list here. Um, nothing of major. Yeah. Infielder Trevor Schwecky was selected by the Phillies. Infielder Angel De Rosario was selected by the Twins. Names, minor things to know, but they are just no longer in our system. And look, they could always be returned back to the Blue Jays at a later date. Yeah, Schwecky, the only thing we lost with him really was a really cool last name. But yeah. I mean, we're just talking minor league guys. This is this is nothing to get up in arms about, uh, you know, at all. 
All right, Riley, I have nothing else to add. It might be a little bit of a shorter of our episode. Was there something you wanted to touch on here for the last yeah. 10 minutes? Yeah, you didn't ask me what I thought about Josh Naylor. Oh, yeah, what did you think about Josh Naylor? I think, he's, Award I, I think he deserves it. Uh, like I, I think Josh Naylor is a hell of a baseball player. I hope that him and his brother Bo, you know, not end up as Jays killers, but I hope they both pave out good careers, play for mm-hmm. the same team. I like, I like that. I like family. I like, you know, close things like that with, um, you know, one's a catcher, one's a first base slash right fielder, probably going to more first base in the future, but um, both, you know, pretty high ceilings, pretty high picks. And uh, I think they're going to do all right. And uh, him winning that award is kind of the first step in a long career. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think I coined, you know, probably the Josh Naylor just is just a kind of a psycho type ball player. Like, I love that. Like so much passion and crazy, like unpredictable person type things. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy or anything. It's good to be crazy. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. I love that oh, type yeah. of guy. He's a gritty guy. And he's tough as nails. His last name's Nailer. I mean, they're they're, they're tough Canadian boys. I, lo- I I love it. Like that's they're fantastic. Well deserved. Yes. Too bad. So sad. It didn't go for to George Romano. But at the same time, too, we're talking Canadians here, and it's good. I would want to see the best Canadian win an award. Yes, it's between other Canadians and this and that. But Josh Naylor, I've thought highly of him. Uh, you know, since his days with San Diego you know, way early on in his career, but he's got a long way to go, and I'm sure he'll carve out a pretty good MLB career. I've always loved rooting for Canadian baseball players, and I still will. Um, I wanted Kingston, Ontario's Matt Brash, kind of near our neck of the woods here, Riley, but uh, he led baseball in appearances last year, which, uh, hey, not bad for a Canadian kid, and he had nasty strikeout stuff. Um, Look, we're rooting for all Canadian baseball players, even Nick Pavetta, even if you're on the enemy's team, we'll still root for you because you've got the red and white in your blood, we will take that anytime. Um, Riley, I don't have anything else to add here. It might be a little bit shorter of an episode here today, but that's okay because we are expecting Shohei Otani news to drop. And when it does, you can bet that you and I are going to be on here, whether it's in LA, whether it's in Toronto, whether he decides something crazy, what, what, if he calls up the Nationals and decides to go there, we will talk about it. You can guarantee know that for sure. So be on your lookout. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, turn those bells on so you can be one of the first one in here to know about the Otani news when and if it does happen. So, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Nope. Time to go shovel the driveway, Jesse, as we are getting really our first snowfall of uh, yep. of this winter. So uh, on that note, you know, the weather outside is very much not screaming baseball, but – I mean, there's going to be a lot of baseball stuff, man. Uh, expect an mm-hmm. episode here real real quick like like we usually do every Thursday, Jesse. I think we're going to have to hop on and, and give some sort of press to our followers on, uh, on what the heck just happened. And I'm sure I'll be at you. You know, I'm probably going to have a couple pops on Saturday night. So if you know you get a text message at around ten o'clock at night, <laughs> uh, just just be known that I'm probably pretty anxious about where Otani's going to land. Let's hope they are celebratory ones that uh, that we can celebrate with you as well. So that'll do it for episode here today. We'll see you guys, I guess, later this week. If not, we'll see you next Thursday. Until then, we'll see you guys later. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh.